Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. A frog may have a watertight asshole, and if I get one more Scandaval update, I might croak. <laughs> a frog might have a watertight asshole, but I don't. No, that was that was off the cuff, but can I do my real one? Yes, 100%. Okay. In a world full of snakes, it helps to be such a charmer. That's pretty oh good. Oh my god. <laughs> Can you believe that? Like someone should use that. I think someone just did, and that person is you. But yes, absolutely. For real, real uh, house gaze of WeHo season two <laughs> or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, wait, but th- wait, then there was there was a was there ever a season there? Oh, did you hear the one that I pitched to Lisa Barlow? No, tell me. For season two of Housewives of Salt Lake City, I posted her photo of the cast, and I said, um, "I'll have a large fry, a diet coke, and the truth." <laughs> And she DM'd me and she was like, oh my God, this made my day. Wait, that is actually genuinely iconic. She should have used it. She could use it next season. I I said it's public domain. Public domain. It is the happy birthday of taglines and I'm here for it. You guys, it's Andy's girls. Listen, we got some stuff we're going to talk about. I need to introduce the guest of guests who you all know, comedian, actor, writer, podcaster, television host, whose credits include the Showtime comedy I Love That For You, the feature film Fire Island, Love Trip Paris, now streaming on Hulu, and of course the podcast Las Culturistas with Bo and Yang. Welcome back to Andy's Girls. Is this Matthew Rogers. Very excited. Is this my fourth time? Oh my God, you're almost at SNL 5. I'm almost at SNL 5. I've done your show four times and now Watch What Happens Live four times. Oh my, the fact that, yeah, I think that's like an equal, that's like an yeah. equal experience. I think, I, I mean, the Clawfist is basically the clubhouse <laughs> and that's a rule of culture. That's rule of culture number 90. The Clawfist is basically the clubhouse. You know what? I'm, I'm saying this out loud. When you come back yeah. for your fifth episode, Possibly tomorrow. I'm taking one of the dresses. You're taking one of the dresses. <laughs> number one, obviously. Number two, I think we should do some sort of, I don't think so, honey. Yeah, we should. I love it. Like next time. Yeah, I love that. Like not now, but next time. You want <laughs> time push, to prepare. Like, you, I love that up, you threw it out up. there and then immediately we're like retracting <laughs> so that I wouldn't make you do one right now. Did you see the fear in my eyes as soon as I it was, it? It was, you're like me. You're not good at hiding it. No, I'm not. I have one of those faces. Yeah, yeah. Which is Which can be problematic because there I have had experiences where like, in awkward situations, you, I will tell you exactly how I'm feeling, which is yeah. either perfect for like reality TV or absolutely terrible. You know, I think that uh, it, it's it's advantageous in different areas. Mm. So for me, I'm an actor, so I have to remember sometimes when I'm auditioning or acting in something that I actually don't have to do much more than think about what it is because oh. I've gotten a note from casting directors a lot like, hey, like your face does a lot more than you think it's doing. You have yeah. a very expressive face. And um, uh, you don't need to like act. You yeah. can just sort of do it and it reads. But then like in, so so it's like, 
I guess in that way, it's like good to know that. And then also it's a note for life because if someone's telling you something and you don't like it, know that your face is doing a lot already. That's a really good point. Like I think I would be terrible at the show The Traitors if they picked me to be a traitor. You know what? I've thought about that because I want... I actually don't want to go on reality TV unless I do. You would be good at The Traitors. I think I would be good or terrible at it because I just really... I, I think I would look very suspicious. I would read as guilty because I would feel so nervous. Well, I think that you'd be a really good faithful because I yes. think that I think that your pursuit of the truth yes. reads as very honest. Yes. And that's what I feel like now that I've watched the You've watched the U.S. season, right? I watched U.S. and U.K. I also just finished U.K. Unbelievable. And I think when I've, when I've seen spoiler both. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. You're about to. It's just, just you do whatever you want, but like, right. just skip over this. And until, I would also say point. it's worth it to watch both. And yes. I would say the U.K. is actually better. I 100% agree. Um, and so sp- starting the spoiler now, the U.S. season obviously was won by a traitor, the iconic Sari Fields, right. who, if you are a Survivor person, this I mean, was finally. the most cathartic right. moment in reality television history. Right. And then the UK season was won by three faithfuls. Um, and I think, honestly, the reason why um, Homeboy, who gets to the end, who was a traitor, yeah, yeah, it seemed like he was able to channel all his energy into what looked like an honest pursuit of the truth. Right. And then when he was by himself and had messed up his, his um, relationship with the other traitor, right. it read as just like, desperate and doing the most right because he was like i'll never talk to you again or something like right. i'll ruin our relationship and at that point the faithful was like something about this is very because you would never say hannah. that right yeah. who really deserved all the money to be honest honestly i was extremely into hannah and yeah. i thought going into it because i do think as many of the cast members have said during filming and in, in interviews that i think the traders have a huge huge advantage when mm-hmm. it comes to like potentially winning so i thought this was i like almost wrote off the ending because i thought it was going to be another mm-hmm. traitor when so when she like threw the thing or whatever at yeah. the I just couldn't believe it. It's just so worth it to watch. It's so worth it and to watch. I I it's one of those reality shows where I think it's also one of those things where on the couch you're like, oh let me get in there, let me get in there. I want to mm. do it. But it seems like such anguish to be on yes. traders. Like even though you're so aware you're playing a game, like in both the US and UK seasons, like at the end, there was real emotional mm. turmoil. Because mm-hmm. it's literally a game of who can gaslight the, the most and the best. And um, there's nothing crazy, more crazy making mm. than, than, than being gaslit like that, than mm-hmm. being like made to believe something is truth when it's not. And that is that whole game. So it's very nefarious, but really fun. It is also the dichotomy with housewives where housewives are often trying to convince us everything is real and it's mm-hmm. not a production. And traders is like attempting to try to convince the contestants that everything is fake, but they're arguing that it's real. Right. Right. Which is why I felt like the reunion and the end of the finale for us was, it made me, f- I, I understood it and you want to have those high stakes, but I also felt terribly for Sari that she felt guilty for winning. It's like, guys, I don't remember think she the name actually of the felt show? guilty. Well, I felt like she was being shamed a little bit for doing a really good job. And it's like, if you don't understand what she's doing in this, if you, why go on? I, and I know it's really unfair of me because you develop relationships and it's, ho- yeah, it's like you get a trauma everything. bond, but I just felt like, can we just have a moment of like, 
celebrating her right. that she but that's unfair because they also lost that money in that moment and they were like yeah but been. that money they didn't lose the money because the money was never theirs like you come Good there point. you're competing to win the money Good no point. no one is taking money from you right you this is why i really resented the way that they acted at the end right and i i really don't like those two contestants mm-hmm. um oh, i think it was andy and quinton mm-hmm. because they acted entitled to that money when they, just like Suri or anyone who's tapped on the shoulder by Mr. Cumming mm. to be a traitor, are competing for the money. And you lost the competition in a game where the name of that game was Dishonesty and Deceit. So you can't be personally hurt and then offended and then, you know, weirdly vindictive and like, mm. you know, like weird to her at the end for winning the game you signed up to play. Yeah, and I felt like if they didn't get that in the moment, which I I genuinely understand and you're reacting with shock and you're dealing with the fact that, oh my God, I thought this person, all this was really real and you're trying to process that and you're so inside of it that you can't see outside of it. But I just thought by the end of the, by the reunion, I just kind of thought like, well, they processed it and they were like, you did great. You were a queen at this. And I just didn't, didn't. They didn't at all, which again, I was like, guys, at this point, we really haven't processed that this is, She's still a good person. She's just better she at her was, job. Also, I'm sorry, but if you didn't know who Suri Fields was when you walked in that door and you didn't yeah. understand that she is who she is, mm-hmm. that's on you. Yeah. Like, this woman is a master mm-hmm. manipulator mm-hmm. for decades. Mm-hmm. She is a noted reality television competitor. She is one of the all-time greats. So for you to play yourself like that and to have that lack of knowledge is only on you. Also, I'm sorry, but I understand. I do think it's a little weird. And like I think because she's a woman of a certain age, and this also happened on UK until they realized Amanda was the traitor. Oh. There's like this weird thing where they assume it can't be her. Yes. Because she's like mommy vibes. Yes. But like mommy protect... <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Mommy deceive. <laughs> Mommy dare. Mommy betray. Right. Mommy betray. Mommy yeah, yeah, betray. Yeah. In order to protect her family and feed her family, which is what Suri was there to do too. Mm. And the other thing I don't like is this like hierarchy of I need the money the most. Like that's mm-hmm. relative. And also it's not about who needs the money the most. It's about who's best at the game. You know what I'm saying? I did a day of casting as like a essentially a I don't know, production assistant 900 years ago for Deal or No Deal, where they were just like, just get through the couple people out of the bajillions that you talk to, Mm -hmm. just like eliminate who you need to eliminate to get them to the next round. And it was so difficult and awkward because people would go up and be like, the reason I should be a contestant is because of all of these terrible tragedies that have happened in my life, which you're processing and trying to be respectful, but also like that doesn't make you good for TV. No, it does not. And so that's kind of the difficulty. Like you can bring a lot of circumstance and experiences, but that doesn't necessarily make you compelling and make the storytelling compelling make right. that narrative storytelling like are you able to communicate that are you still charismatic like and that f- i felt terrible because it was people like coming up like begging and sharing their experience and i'm like i, I well also there's like a degree tough. of desperation when it comes to that like mm. where it's like you know you also don't want to put someone on television who is so desperate and needs it that badly because it doesn't feel good for the audience when that person does lose mm. you know what i mean like when that person fails and they've had a really compelling personal story like that's almost like 
a reason not to go through with it because then it's just heartbreaking and not entertaining. Yeah. It's a fine line. Yeah. With this casting of reality television. I mean, and I think there's a through line even to the way that we sometimes insult housewives by saying like, you're desperate, you're looking for your 15 minutes. And it's like, babe, everybody on Housewives is looking for their 15 minutes. Everybody is going to do something to keep their job. Obviously, there are varying levels and degrees to it. But ultimately, you're watching a bunch of performers not right. not meaning that everything is fake but i'm it's everyone is slightly elevated right in who they are when they go on a show like this right i think that what i the only time i feel like i don't like a housewife mm. is when i feel like there's a level of hypocrisy in how they present and live their life okay and and what they demand of others and how they try to get something out of others. Like for me, that's why I'm a I'm I'm never going back on Giselle and Robin. You know what I mean? Like yeah. to like talk Potomac for a second. Please do it. And I feel like I every time I'm on Watch What Happens Live recently, like Potomac comes up. Yeah. Like, and I feel like a lot of people seem to be on my side about the Giselle and Robin of it all. It feels like it's kind of come to a point of no return with them where it's now just abject reality that they withhold so much and demand so much. And I view what they do as bullying on that show. But also it's it's weird because there are some people who are also like, like you're too harsh on them, like especially mm. Robin. And my thing is just like, I understand that, but the thing is, like, at what point do they stop getting away with this stuff? Yeah, and at what point is passion bad? Like, the there was a Watch What Happens recently with LVP and Andy where they were talking about the vigilante justice passion of people right. with the Scandival, and you could apply that kind of ideal to any number of heightened uh combative conversations when it comes to housewives and it's like at a certain point people are going to feel really passionate yeah at what point does it turn i mean with with giselle and robin i think it's complicated because people have an understandable some people not everyone but a lot of people have understandable anger about feeling deceived as viewers because of what we now know that Robin discussed behind a paywall. I don't think it, well, you know what it Initially. doesn't. It doesn't anger me or like offend me that they want to hide certain things about their oh, life. Okay. What what bothers me is the hypocrisy in how they treat Candace and Wendy. Okay. And like, I I just think Potomac feels like ugly right now mm-hmm. because of the way that I feel Candace and Wendy get treated mm-hmm. by specifically them and also Ashley and Mia but but I don't even really think about Mia because Mia it's such a it's clown like, show right? that it's just like okay <laughs> I can't stop laughing it's just like she's yeah. just really like she's, I think desperate right. to well, remain on television yeah. and that's and and that's like something that she'll figure out but mm-hmm. with Giselle and Robin it's just like the way that I feel they treat Candace and Wendy that's when it becomes an issue for me with like, okay, well, what about your life? You know, because I feel like what gets lost in the conversation about like the way Wendy is being treated by them is the fact that the reason why they're in conflict at all was because they brought in that storyline about Eddie cheating. Oh my God. And they rode that hard all the way and like never actually paid for that because then it pivoted to, oh, Wendy talked to me crazy and said, you know, all these things, people are going to see you for exactly who you are. Like you don't even have a real relationship, which 
you know, those things are true, but I think Giselle and Robin are so good at like pivoting the narrative mm. that we've actually forgotten about why the Wendy conflict started in the first place, which is because Robin was calling Wendy loose and saying that how could she take herself seriously as a professor and also oh, like right. present her body this way and right. specifically like and you know pretty explicitly like put her on the spot about her appearance and her body and her self-esteem and like her marriage and relationship like when that felt like a real like left turn in their relationship and then Giselle was so like callous about the way she talked about Wendy's marriage which by the way was never actually in jeopardy and meanwhile you look at their lives and you find out they're withholding stuff about it it's mm -hmm. like i just wish that we would walk it back sometimes and think how did this conflict even start and it's because they were so cruel and unfair to her in the housewives game of it all about her personal life and her body mm -hmm. and like it just i don't know the whole thing feels really like bullying to me and that's why i feel like they need to be looked at with a microscope because i don't think their behavior is above board okay two questions relating to that would it have been an easier which is a terrible word to use would it have been potentially more understandable or digestible if they had said instead of any comments about her body as an indicator of anything if they had simply said um your personality feels different i think had they been like and not your tits i i think that they were like what they what they were getting at which mm. of course i understand is this is a whole new wendy is something else going on you know what i mean not well you know the blogs say this and it's right. probably this and, and then and then you know getting ashley to come in and saying there's like a there's like cheating rumors etc like all these things i just think had they gone about that in a way that suggested to me they were actually caring about this person instead of just saying, well, we said it because we were caring about you. Da, da, da. Like it just, it's about the presentation, but also Giselle doesn't really care. You know what I mean? Like she came in there and was messy. Like that, that's just who she is. That's how she is. She's gotten away with it for such a long time. I just think when it came, when it, when it was very apparent that she was going to get away with it with Wendy, mm -hmm. um, then she sort of moved on to Candace, who did not let them get away with it. Because it's like, oh, now we're sensing the pattern of you're coming for our husbands. Meanwhile, you, your life is not even on this television show. Mm. And I just feel like it's hard for the Robin thing to come out about the paywall and the DMs and the hotel room, et cetera. And them not to feel like, oh, this is something you knew about both of you. Right. And yet you made this Chris situation with the with the um, reunion in the hotel room into this huge deal, mm -hmm. knowing that your situation was not necessarily above board and wasn't even like depicted on the show. You know what I mean? So how do you then feel about the cast moving forward? I think that they really can't move forward, right? Well, I think there needs to be some restructuring. Well, how would but, you restructure it? Well, I think it's like genuinely obvious that Robin would be a friend of, because I do think we should talk about the wand stuff. So she needs to be filming, but I, she's not giving me full-time energy right now. It just feels like they, for whatever reason, Bravo is so married to Giselle and Robin as a thing. And especially now that like Robin has 
this narrative that they could explore. Like this is an active storyline right. in her life. So I wonder if she is going anywhere. I feel like on face value, it's like people that watch the show and are like, well, they need to be held accountable for this type of thing. It's not really up to us. All that really matters is that they feel they can put a compelling show together. And of course, the show I would want to watch would probably be more about like Candace and Wendy and their friends. And I still do love Karen Huger. I think that that's like a way you could pivot the show. But is that what Housewives of Potomac is? You know what I mean? Like, is that the story of the Real Housewives of Potomac? And I don't know. So I'm I'm completely lost on Potomac right now. I thought it ended ugly and it didn't feel good for most of the season, which was disappointing because I thought the season premiere was so great. I mean, I have to be very honest in saying I really do not want to see a Potomac move forward without Giselle. Really? Even, if, even for, with... For what reason? Because I think she's a fantastic housewife. I might disagree vehemently mm. with the Chris stuff, how she's behaved herself, the level of punishment she seems to be interested in like assigning to Candace for various right for whatever you're, you're reason. still not a Candace fan I thought she had her best season yeah yet I completely sympathized and empathized with and agreed with the majority of what she said I think sometimes her like the withering uterus mm-hmm. of it all is tough because she has me like in the palm of her hand this season. I really genuinely, I understand her. I respect a lot of her responses, especially like whatever, what was the line? Like come get Eric or find me Eric, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Like I genuinely respect the way that she has responded to this and gotten through it. And yeah. I would say absolutely the same for Chris as well. And I have a lot of upset about how that was handled by other members of the cast right but she loses me with anything that veers into there's a difference between like neck ankles which i think is hilarious funny yeah and some of the other stuff like uh yeah withering uterus and then i'm sure that like many people are upset about the your white looking ass like well i talk about that on the next andy's girls with one of my absolute faves who's also a dark-skinned black woman and wanted to get her perspective because Mm -hmm. honestly i just feel while i think that conversations need to happen and should happen with Mm -hmm. white content creators i just do not have any it's like completely i think it's inappropriate for me to like because i don't i i am not a black woman giselle is robin is candace is dr wendy is they all are they all are so like everyone on that stage minus andrew so like i just it's like not it's not my yeah it's not my i think that we can we can look at it and understand there is an issue there Mm. and that that's part of the bullying that I'm responding to, but I thought that they should have probably brought in a moderator for that discussion. I actually think polling the cast about how that discussion was going to go is not necessarily the best way to go about that because then that puts the onus on the people that are quote unquote, in his words, most upset about it or had the most to say about it to be responsible for leading that discussion, which is obviously an emotional one. And you know, it, that, you know, I thought there was a ball drop there, but I do think there is a ongoing conversation that needs to continue to happen with, as you're saying, the black community within the black community. Right. And 
probably they could have started that off on a better foot with a moderator and a longer discussion because I've watched um, people's videos like Carlos King. Yep. I watched the Brooke Ashley. You know, they, they are wanting more of a conversation right. to completely understandably. Right. And it's hard to just feel like that was enough. It probably didn't even come close to enough. Yeah. And I think just the amount, I cannot imagine the amount of pressure that Candace was under in how she was yeah. going to. She was clearly upset. She was clearly upset, but like she has, it, it gets into, you know, respectability politics too. Mm-hmm. And like, asking ourselves as members of the Bravo community when we talk about holding Candace accountable for her behavior and potentially criticizing her the way that she's viewed by some members of the Bravo community and by several members of her cast it's like they put her at they penalize her I think at a much higher level so for her to be in a position where she's defining what this is and then trying to explain that like you need to listen to me and I have a different experience than you yeah and I want to communicate that but like when it comes to is she quote-unquote allowed to express anger Mm -hmm. like it gets into a lot of yeah because of the pressure on her and because of really ugly stereotypes yeah because of a system of yeah, racism. You know, ra- and, racism. I, and I also think, too, that conversation does not happen almost at all on television. Yeah. And let alone on a scale this big. So there's also the knowledge that in embarking on that conversation, all eyes are turned. Right. For pretty much maybe the first time mm. to a conversation like this. And that in and of itself is a lot of pressure. It's like I mean, any any marginalized community in trying to represent themselves to a larger audience that doesn't already understand. They may have compassion for an issue, but they don't have an understanding of the issue. That puts responsibility on you. And you are a reality show cast member. You are not a like moderator on these issues. You are not able to literally sit there and have, you know... Uh, uh, you know, permanence or whatever on the issue or like Mm -hmm. perspective on the issue because you're in it. Mm -hmm. And I just wish they would have had a moderator. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I, again, get into this on the next AG, but I just feel like, um, it just, there were aspects where I'm like the, the second part of what Candace said in response later on, I just thought to myself, like, did you need to include this part of, cause she's clearly upset about it, She's clearly which upset. is why, which is again, why she probably was not the person to lead the discussion because it, it, she's operating at a level of emotion. And also like, you know, she, she is the person that's probably going to be targeted the second she slips up. And then, you know, in in the eyes of many, she slipped up in that moment where she called Giselle out at the end. And then it feels like the discussion goes back to one because of the way the audience views Candace. So it's, you know. Yeah. And does the cast then negate the point of what she said and what she spoke about previously at length, um, noting that, you know, again, as a white woman, I have no idea of the triggers that Giselle and, Robin specifically have felt and dealt with right and ultimately they are black women I'm a white woman but I just their responses in that moment I'm like 
Yeah. This is a part of the conversation that, that Candace was yeah, talking right, about. Right, exactly. And it can't be handled in two minutes. I don't know where the cast goes. I, I feel like that I feel like even more than Beverly Hills last year, they need a break. I think they need to, I think cameras need to go down on that show for a for a while. I could not agree more. It's very toxic. Yeah, and I still like again, Ramen, ooh, I don't know. Giselle I Still want her on the show. I don't want, I still get think that. And plus that, I do think she's a good housewife. You know, I might disagree with her moves, and I think she should be called out. But she is, to me, like in in some ways, has been kind of the ideal. I mean, she's definitely a star. I'll she say is that a star. she's definitely a star. But I just feel like you know, <laughs> you're, you're in pain right now. No, I'm not in pain. It's just like. Yeah, I, she's certainly when you think about Housewives of Potomac, I think mm. you think of two people. I think yeah. you think of Giselle and Karen. Hundred percent. And I think that that's really where the show started. That's why they have such ardent fan bases. And I completely understand that they're both very entertaining. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, it's like you get to a place where I wonder if we can even move forward. For example, I would say the same thing with Teresa and Melissa. Mm. I am a. Uh, Personally, on Melissa and Joe's side, Mm -hmm. I understand that more than I can understand empathizing with Teresa. That being said, can I see the writing on the wall? Yes. I don't think Melissa can continue on the show um, because her husband doesn't play ball. And I think in the ways he does play ball, and I really like them both. I was on Watch What Happens Live with her. And he was there, and they're both great people. Mm -hmm. But maybe... Maybe they'd be better off personally not being on this or maybe with a spinoff show if that's something they're interested in, if they want to do that. Because it just feels like from a personal standpoint, it's very painful for them. And also on a reality television level, we can't continue to watch this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Can you continue to watch Teresa and Melissa do this? You know, I... The question of can I continue watching it versus do I find value in talking about the current season to me are very different questions. Like, can I continue watching it? Do I think, you know, the current plot line could survive what is currently going down in real time and what we know happens by the end of the reason by the end of the season? No, because we're ahead of it. There was and there was a physical altercation. Whatever happened, they didn't go to the wedding it's it's done like they've both said both sides both warring factions have said we've made peace with the fact that the absolute best thing that we can do is not have each other in our lives and not pretend that that's a goal yeah melissa said that to me to my face Uh, like at watch watch what at watch what happens live yeah i was like do you think there's any way was this during your commercial or is this it was right after okay great and i was like is there any way and she said no i don't think i'll ever talk to that woman again in my (gasps) life no Matt yeah and I asked Joe I was like how are you I was like how are you and he was like you know I'm getting to the point where I can be okay but he's it clearly eats him up I mean what you see on the show is like extremely real which is you know again part of what makes it such riveting television is that it's so real but then actually talking to them like when cameras literally go down and it Mm. feels like it still eats them up that's sad and you know they they truly do miss their nieces too that's really sad too so which is a whole other fucking can of worms yeah and i think it's really dark dark 
Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really try truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Obvs. Introducing Home Threads where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen 
is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered home threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to homethreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to homethreads.com slash scrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's homethreads.com slash scrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Um, Where do you land on all that? So I, um, on like the political spectrum of tree v. Melis, <laughs> I have always leaned more organically, definitely team Melis. Yeah. And I feel like I understand in the course of, over the course of maybe this current season, I understand Teresa better than I have before. I've like really grown, because during the, real true dark ages of Trevi Melis, I had a lot of visceral anger mm. toward Teresa and toward what I saw as behavior that I thought that I really could not understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just felt like it was really dark. And now I, I understand more of Teresa's perspective, not to say that I lean more tree, but I'm much more open to like hearing her and empathizing with her experience. And I find myself in incredibly confused about specific like text releases and Mm. things noting that I I really truly have no trust about Louis's intentions nor his behavior nor the impact of his behavior and the peace love and light on how that has maybe potentially I don't think he is trustworthy I don't think he's trustworthy and I genuinely think even people who are heavy team Melissa I think the majority of people just want Teresa to be that's how I feel right and I just I I'm nervous for her but I, I want her to be happy I want to be wrong I just every like little ham arm is going up about something Him. isn't right here because you can go off of who was it Gia saying everything was great until and then Louis, I which no I don't even think she realized what she was saying. I don't think anybody did. I I don't know that they would agree. I don't think she would agree with it if she was asked again because she would say it, it had nothing to do with that. I was just marking in my head what year took place, and yeah. I'm thinking like something. I don't know if, and you could argue potentially that maybe Teresa, maybe something changed when Louis entered the picture because maybe she needed her brother less. Yeah, I think that's true. And Which I is also possible, think, and it doesn't mean that he's a piece of shit, that, you know, what's his face? Louis is a piece of shit, but I do this think is, he's a piece of shit. I think that Teresa is in therapy, and I would wager that Joe Gorga is not. A hundred percent. And I, that's, that's, I think, a big difference, is that I feel like Teresa is literally embarking on this path of self-betterment and wanting to forgive and move forward. And I think that for Joe Gorga 
and I understand this because of growing up around men like Joe Gorga my entire mm. life, is that it's extremely hard. They are very emotional, and I think he would even really consider himself someone that's very in touch with his emotions. He is, but I don't think he's really explored and understood on an individual level and really done hard work about why he gets as angry as he gets, why he feels as betrayed as he does, why he feels in a really micro way, looking within why he feels this way towards her. I think that I'm not going to armchair it, but... Welcome to Andy. It ha- yeah, right? It feels like her being like, I'm better now, I'm moving on, I'm happy, namaste, triggers something in him where he's like, well, what the fuck about everything you've right. done? What about the way you've treated my wife? What about the things you have said about me? What about the physical ways that you have like attacked people around us? What about all of that? And he feels, I think, looking at the situation, and maybe Melissa as well, I think she is also more exhausted um, because she is in the thick of it. But I think they feel like it's really crazy that you just get to get away with all of this at the end. And she is... Someone who is like, you know what? I've been through a lot of stuff. Talking mm-hmm. about Teresa now. Mm-hmm. I am happy. I want to be better. I want to move forward. For he wants accountability. She wants peace. And even in the phone call where she calls and says, do you want to make peace? Because I guess for her and Louie, it's that easy. For Joe, it's just not that easy. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. my read on the situation culturally and in terms of like, the way that their lives have played out on this show and just knowing how men are in that tri-state area, very Italian, <laughs> very masculine, yeah. very, mac- very you know, I'll say chauvinist, mm-hmm. not necessarily derogatory, but sometimes, you know, we, he does yeah. act a certain way. Mm-hmm. In, he just hasn't done the work and doesn't want to do the work because... He's just too angry and upset. I also don't know how in touch with his feelings he is. I think he's in touch with expressing. He thinks he is. Do you think that he is? I think that he, he does. I think he feels that being emotional means he's in touch with right, his feelings, which is not the case. And I do not think. While I don't Ultimately. think Melissa is is unable to be really honest with him and tell her tell express her feelings and tell him what he should be doing in, in her view, I think it's probably frustrating to be married to someone like Joe Gorga because I know he runs the show. Mm. I know that even though she's a strong personality, like his inability to move on is her inability to move on. And I actually think that's why she got so upset at the um, engagement party mm. I or the housewarming party, whatever mm-hmm. it was. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was the housewarming. Yes. Yeah. Um, Cause he didn't show up. I think Teresa saying chosen family and everyone, all that stuff, that definitely was upsetting. But I think what was ultimately the most upsetting for Melissa was frustration because she was looking around and realized she has less and less of a place there, even as an individual. And I think it's a it's a holistic frustration more than it was her being upset at any one comment. That's how I feel. Is you know, it's a loss of family and friendship and place for her in a social and honestly professional way because 
I don't know. I don't know how we continue watching this dynamic. Yeah, and the reality is they're not letting go of Teresa. No matter what Melissa does, I think even family specific, it will never be enough because Joe is what matters here. It is the Joe and Teresa. It's the actual sibling dynamic. Yeah, and I'm sure there's probably some frustration for the fact that Juicy Joe was never put under the microscope. Right. The way that um, Melissa was and Teresa was never asked to be held to such a high standard when it comes to ensuring that your spouse behaves. Yeah. As obviously Melissa has been. Right. And also, I just think like when it comes to the chosen family line, I don't think Teresa would have said it had Joe been there. I think Teresa was like. I'm going to make things even. My brother doesn't show up, so yeah. I'm going to make a fucking joke about She's it. She's still going to be who she is always. And you know what but I, I don't mean? Think like, that's a, I, I think that she would have, I think she was just acknowledging the fact that her brother was ghosting her. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was the elephant in the room, and so maybe she felt like she had to say something. Do I? Was it, I think, a perfect comment? No. What Did it make sense coming from her? Yes. But it's just... I think it's pretty clear. Like she thinks that because Louie has come into her life and he's so about the yoga and the namaste and the moving on and the, you know, not raising your voice and not, and trying to be conflict diverse. She thinks that there can't be anything nefarious about that. Yeah. Cause it seems so healthy. But, Toxic positivity. Hello. Right, Welcome to right. the wellness industry. And I think that, you know, this idea that he had no idea who she was. Yeah. Is crazy. Well, I also think like it doesn't mean you can't find value in what he's saying in those text messages where he's talking about reality TV ruined your family and it's time to heal and go to her birthday party and we're trying to involve you. Like it doesn't mean that that couldn't be positive for Teresa with her growth as a human person. But Joe will never play ball. Well, but that's the problem. But then it's like. What do you do with that? You need to show up. Like, show up because you're filming the fucking show. It's like they have... He feels wronged and has too big of an ego. But then don't say you want to move forward. I don't think he is saying that. I think he's... I I think he's... I think He he keeps using that language, but he doesn't mean it, and that's the problem. Just say you don't want to move forward. (sighs) Yeah. We would not have this issue. They would no longer be on the show, but we would not have this current issue. Yes, I think... But the ways in which they feel is the only way to move forward are so different. Like she wants, she feels that she's doing individual work and is happy and can move forward from this place. He still needs repentance and to be told, Joe, you are right. I was wrong. And, and that's not going to happen because that she feels would set her back. They're at an impasse. You know what I mean? Like it's just not, no, it's no longer tenable. And I think the fact that all of their castmates and friends are like, it's no longer tenable. Mm-hmm. Like Dolores being like, it's not happening, guys. Everyone needs to move on. I mean, like, everyone's just thrown in the towel. And now I think the show has to move in a direction. And I think it's actually doing a great job because I think they have amazing new cast members. They did. They did an amazing right. job yeah. because all three of them are great. Mm-hmm. I think that Danielle is a star. I think that Rachel's really good. Yes, I agree with that. And this. I think that Jen. Is adding fun color. Mm -hmm. Fessler. And I actually think if I had to make a prediction, Mm -hmm. I think it's the final season for Melissa and Jen Aiden. (gasps) Really? I think Jen Aiden is, it's giving Rinna. It's giving. No. It's giving. It's that bad? That's the ultimate insult to say that someone is giving Rinna. I'm serious. And here's what I'll say about Rinna. 
at one point one of the best housewives. And I would say the same thing about Jennifer Aiden. At when she is really really great, I think she's one of the best housewives. She's pure dumb fun. Wow. She is she gets things going. She gets it started. Her family is unlike anyone I've seen. True. Like I really enjoy watching her. Mm-hmm. But she is not operating from a grounded place as a person on reality television because she's so hurt. This bill thing is I I think that they in never having dealt with the infidelity when it start when it happened in a real way and then it resurfacing on reality television has really done them harm and they need to work on it before she can come back to the show and be someone that like the audience can be like I understand her motivations and actions. I I don't know. Olivia sang at Danielle's daughter's birthday party that she wants to be like a relationship uh, rela- therapist a therap- to yeah. help people when therapist. they want with they heartbreaking. No long- I really was like, this is, you know, this is Gia's song. Very similar it's to Gia. Very. It's like the child who knows too much and has processed it and is trying to figure out a way to express it that feels healthy and good where they can contribute. But I just, I felt, I just feel so much empathy honestly for like all the kids on jersey but oh, i yeah. just olivia's so young and i just really yeah. felt for she's... her in them as gia was when she sang that fucking pizza song and when and gia going into law to be able to help people like her father and mother ultimately someday i mean like this <sighs> this this is real trauma for these kids mm. and um you know you 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 see it also um on miami with lisa's kids like Lisa's son being like crying and saying, I'll never get married. I'll never get married. And her saying, and he had never even said the word married before. Like he's traumatized yeah, because his, he watched his father stop loving his mother and watched her anguish. And also watching cameras come in and out and, and depict it, watching your family act one way and then another, you know, it's, it's really traumatizing for these kids. And she talked a little bit about it on the reunion again. But when she said in the Bahamas, like when they asked her about how her son was dealing with it and he had thrown a fit and tantrum and didn't want to go to camp and said, I'm never going to get married. That's something that he's going to have to unpack for a long time and has to fucking really not sit in her spirit. It doesn't it's really hard to watch. The the kids are having a really hard time, like franchises wide, Mm. you know, I all of that being said. Jen Aiden's final that really takes me aback. You don't think it's her? I last just season? hadn't considered it. Well, I really, it's like maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I, I I'm just throwing it out there as a theory because I don't think Melissa will be the only cast member to leave. There's nobody and, else who it could. It, Dolores isn't going anywhere. No, Dolores, Dolores is, is having a up. great season, and I Dolores is, is one of my favorites She's, of all you time. You cannot. It's literally like. Yeah, you, you just can't dislike her. I just, I, I'm yeah. sure that there are people out there, but I just, I don't, I don't know any of them. I, mean, I don't know a single Dolores one. and Margaret, I think, are safe because I think Margaret is also friends with all these new housewives yeah. and stuff. Though, you know, Margaret too is on one. Margaret, I think Margaret is fucking on one this season. Her responses to Jen Aiden, what was it? Was like fucking drug addict. Piece yeah, of shit. drug addict. It was giving pot. It was giving piece of shit core every day. I like I was like simmer a little. It's, she's it's going too lot. far, and also like Jen Aiden like smokes weed. Do don't, don't call her a drug addict. Like that? that was crazy. And look, I'm usually on Margaret's side because I just yeah, I get it more, and yeah. I I can understand why because I can so clearly see why Jen is acting the irrational ways that she's acting is because she's so deeply hurt. Yeah. Whereas with Margaret, I'm like. You don't really have a reason to be 
this upset right. and, re- and and get on Jen's level. Like, you could choose to come from a grounded place, but then you say, like, she's a drug, a disheveled drug addict. And I'm like, no, Margaret, no. And I think she's probably <laughs> feeling protective because she doesn't want her friends to maybe be taken away from her, which is the worst case scenario if Jen Aiden turned someone. But yeah. I also think, like, again, as her reactions were a lot. And... I don't know. It's like, how dare you say this stuff because we promised to move on? Well, you're going to move on with some baggage. You're going to move on and still feel a certain way about someone because of this specific thing. And it's also tough because it's like, babe, like all of these women have watched the show. They already know what you did. So it's how are we going to change their memory regardless of what Jen says? And also, if Jen is calling up cast members new or ongoing to say don't trust this person she's not the first jersey housewife i feel like that's like what they do every day mm-hmm. and i don't judge them for that so to say that this i don't know i kind of was like and i i'm obsessed with margaret i really i love her she is incredible she's genuinely funny and very quick and yeah. really really smart and i think really honest and maybe she honestly felt rage in that moment and in that way i appreciate it like yeah if you really feel like this person's a piece of shit and you want to insult them in whatever form you feel like is the most derogatory in that moment good on you for saying it i guess i just feel like when it comes to i, I have these new friends on the show and you called them up to talk shit about me here's the truth your friends immediately came to you and were like, this happened. Right. So you already won. Right. You know what I mean? Like, So just say to Jen, like, hey, if we actually are going to move forward, don't do this. Yeah. And then let Jen spin out because she's gonna. Mm. But you can't take the bait. Don't take the bait and go to that crazy level and be screaming in Jen Fessler's backyard. I mean, like, it's I, I, it was fun to watch, but... At a certain point, it's just like, now we know where this goes. You're both just going to start saying crazy shit. And she got you to say she was a disheveled drug addict. And now you seem like you're not on planet Earth. Can I just ask, what were your thoughts on Jen Fessler being like, Jen, you got to go? I would have asked her to leave my house too. Really? I was actually sitting there waiting and being like, okay, at some point she's going to ask Jennifer to leave. Wow. Yeah, because I think she was genuinely concerned about the that neighbors. level of volume. Yeah. And I think she was overwhelmed and yeah. it was no longer fun. And her friend is Margaret. So she, I think it was less a thing of like, hey, Jennifer Aiden, fuck you, get out of my house. Right. And more, I need the, this, right. con- this, to this situation to deescalate. So I'm going to ask you to leave. Thank you for coming. That's how I feel. I was not, I didn't look at it like a particularly dramatic thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I look. I looked at it like, this is my home. This is my event. And I I no longer feel comfortable with the conflict. So you have to go. Hope you understand. I didn't receive it in any way as her being dramatic in that moment. Right. I was just like, is that the thing to do? Like, I didn't know. I didn't know if like a final like shut the fuck up. But maybe it's not. It wasn't possible. Maybe she saw that it was impossible for this to continue. It needed to to end. And the only way for it to end was to remove someone. Right. Right. I mean, that's what you do when you're. And also it's like. I think it was getting to a place where it obviously was taking place over a much longer period of time than we saw. And so it probably got really frustrating and really intense. And at that point, the thing about Margaret and Jennifer both is they're not going to stop. No, they'll never stop. They're not going to stop. And so that's what's so crazy about it. You Mm. know what I mean? Is it's just like, okay, because this is a, (laughs) we have a, you know, 
renewable resource of energy <laughs> here, which is both of these women's anger and energy. Yeah. Like, it, we have to essentially cut it off. So I, I both anticipated and understood her asking someone to leave. I also feel like one of the hallmarks or like most valuable aspects for any New Jersey housewife is the ability to express rage. Yeah, I mean, they have so much of it and just culturally they don't deal with it. And actually... But they know how to express it. And can I say something? Just like, I feel like there's like, because I'm on Watch What Happens Live frequently and I talk about this stuff in like a fun way, I think there's like this idea that like I don't like these people and come in with preconceived notions every season. I start every season wanting to like everyone. I come in every season and I think, great, Giselle and Robin, like, I'm ready to like them this season. And then based on their actions, I always end up going back to the way I feel. And I I never really change my mind on a housewife. The only housewife I've actively changed my mind about based on their actions is Monique Samuels. Like, but, but Teresa, I still root for her. You know what I mean? Like, I have an idea that I would get along better with Melissa and Joe than mm-hmm. Teresa, just from understanding about who they are from growing up around people like that. And I also have personal convictions that are anti-Teresa because of her po- obvious political stances and the way that well, she acts and thinks. So that's like something I'm sorry, but I can't remove from it. I cannot remove... Her being on Watch What Happens Live and Andy Cohen saying, where does the president live? And her saying Mar-a-Lago. Like, I, that's something that I can't ignore because it's both a stupidity and a conviction that I think is, like, very telling. But I do come in every season wanting to see her succeed because how could you not? You know what I mean? Watching from this from the first season, you know what she's been through. You, you can see the growth. You watched this woman's family grow up. You know she's a good mother. I want to root for her. It's just that when she does things that I believe are beyond the pale and reminds me that she really will always be this person, that's when I come out as like, quote unquote, anti-Teresa. And the same thing with any housewife on any other franchise that I don't like. You know mm. what I mean? Quote unquote. Mm-hmm. But I try every season. Yeah, I think like some people, but I also, you know, I think I'm like myself open, but I definitely carry dislike for, you know, Rinna showing up at the beginning of the season. I wasn't like, wow, let's reset and see how she does. I definitely was like, I think you're a piece of shit. Like it's on, it's on, I want you to produce well. I want you to be good at this as I know you can be right or perhaps more realistically, as I know you once were, right. you know, but it doesn't, I'm not like. She was no longer coming from a grounded place. I'm not rooting place. for her. I'm rooting right. for myself as a viewer to yeah. like enjoy whatever the fuck she does or at least find it interesting. What say you about the numerous cast photos of Beverly Hills we've gotten? The six of them. What, what do you mean? What say me? What, I mean, there's, there doesn't seem to be a new housewife. Oh, um, I'm fine. They just cut a couple. I mean. Well, who knows who will be introduced to the group? They literally filming has been going on for X, you know, period of time. You know, what's weird, though, is it's like you're saying from a number perspective. Is it too few to like make something good? I always like when there's more. Agree. And also it seems like they did not introduce a new element into this cast. They've literally just chopped Rena and that's it. And is that going to be is that a good or productive idea? Well, I just want to know what you think about what about the cast. 
okay with it. I honestly am just like, thank fucking God Rinna's not there because I was exhausted by it. I was, she lost me because of her social media, which I no longer have access to. So like oh, a blessing. Are you and a card, she blocked me when I, I think it doesn't matter. Mm, I think I was like, yeah, whatever. I think I said like racism is bad. And she literally blocked me from that story <laughs> because of something she fucking said. I think it about Diana. I don't even remember. Um, she didn't love it, but, um, you know, I just kind of am like, I'm I'm genuinely hoping that it's a good season. I also understand if it's a little bit of a restructuring season. I also feel very... I just want them to have fun. I just want them to have fun. I also feel like this opens up Erica in a way because she's no longer going to have her bodyguard there. So it yeah. means maybe she'll be forced to like enjoy some of these people in a way that she yeah. never felt she had to because she had Rinna and then Diana. And now it's like, God forbid, you may have to like fake your way to the top here and like really finding friendship with these people, which... Yeah. And also, you know, when you say stupid fucking shit, when you've had too much to drink and yeah, by that, I mean, like, also, you know, like feeding your ego here and defensiveness and however that comes out. Yeah. You're not going to have someone dragging you away from the cameras right now. It's going to be mea culpa vibes. It's going to be like her coming in and being like, I've watched the last couple seasons. I've assessed and understood my behavior. I am who I am, but I'm going to try. I genuinely think that what we're going to see very early are individual lunches with her and Sutton, individual lunches with her and Garcelle, where she is going to say, I want you to know in a real way that I understand I don't appreciate a lot of the ways that, you know, you've treated me Sutton or the ways that you've Mm -hmm. questioned me, but I understand it. And I feel like whether or not it's genuine or her wanting to remain on the show, that's what we're going to see. And I also think there's some stuff with Kyle to clear up clearly. Um, after like the the way Erica and Kyle ended the season, how does that? Oh, because of the fucking because of the like leaks l- and press yeah, stuff and yeah. yeah 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 yeah. I mean that that reunion that that final episode did not end well with them. And then there wasn't even a toast at the end because Kyle was so upset. Oh like, my god, the Kathy stuff. I mean, like that has that broke them. Watching Kyle like leave the Fox <sighs> Force Five and like sit coast. down and like with Crystal and um you know, Garcelle and Sutton and like try to talk it out. Like, you know, we're going to see, but I will say that it's, it's a make or break. I think going forward in Beverly Hills. And I think that's why they pared it down Mm. for Kyle and Dorit actually, because I think the prospect at Bravo of letting them go and bringing LVP back (gasps) is, is something that they're interested in. I think so. Every I would single think that Kyle time, Kyle would be a foregone conclusion to always stay, to stay as long as she wants. Not if she, she might not want to stay there anymore. That, that's point. what I'm saying. It's like it's less about like Kyle is a mainstay and more about like she may not want to keep doing this. Yeah, she's been kind of referencing that in recent press stuff. She's like, I talked to Dorit, everybody else. I kind of just have wanted to just completely disassociate right, from. Right, right. And it seems like things are better now because I think she's. I think. I, and she's not drinking. She's not drinking, and it's. I think it's giving new meds. Maybe. Uh, that's what I think. Yeah. Um, But. She could be on like a, her own journey. And, yeah. And, you know, I mean, God bless my antidepressants fucking yeah. change my life. Like, I, who knows what's possible? Yeah. Who knows what she's experiencing? Who knows what she's, how she's processing varying things? Who knows the ways that she's having a new beginning for right. herself and her journey? They're in Vegas right now. I mean, like, I don't, it's, I, I feel weird in not having an opinion. I don't have an opinion. I just was like, Diana fired herself and. Awful. 
the the worst one of like top five worst housewives of all time worst people of all time and yeah. someone who like <laughs> i got into this conversation the last time evan ross katz was on where he was like so rinna's your like number one you hate her more than anyone and i couldn't figure out how to respond in that moment because i couldn't remember anybody else's name but like diana for me is my number one trigger mm-hmm. i cannot get over how much uh how how bad she is and i judge other people including current housewives for maintaining relationships with her right because i'm very unfair and unforgiving when it comes to i don't understand watching that reunion the way that garcelle like was treated by diana and then being like yeah we still wanted more diana like if you're if you're pro diana get a grip i mean garcelle being like i'm done now let's i i don't want to I mean, the woman fucking FaceTimed in. And the woman, and she also. Such a fucking pussy. Yeah, Diana was done. She was done. And like, I was like, Garcelle. That's the best kind of Diana is a done Diana. Yeah, Garcelle being like, I am not engaging with her anymore. She was done. Because they're, what, Garcelle is like important to the show now. You know, like, Garcelle and Sutton are like the leads. Yeah, which you know pisses off Rena like nothing else. Well, Rena should understand, and I think she does understand and like deeply if she were to be honest with herself that watching the season like it wasn't good, like it didn't make sense. No, it didn't. And so, and also if we can have fun ultimately, and if there's not conflict and resolution because we're just not operating from a grounded place, then the show isn't going to be good. I would argue that Miami is by far the mm. best franchise right now because. It seems like those those are real friends mm-hmm. who are having real issues mm-hmm. and there's actual conflict and resolution happening. And if there's not, probably we can see a world where there would be. Like, I get that Alexia and Marisol are over Adriana right now. Mm-hmm. I get that they don't like Dr. Nicole. But those four women are here to stay. I, and you I think w- Adriana is definitely here to stay? Yeah. You do? Yeah. Okay, interesting. I think Adriana is <laughs> a very... <laughs> Yeah. I think she's a really, really fun reality show. Going through a dark chapter. Element. Yeah. Going through a dark chapter. Having a tough moment right now. And I also think, like, ultimately, you do want to keep exploring that plot line between her and Alexia and Marisol because you can see them all getting over it. I honestly love everyone in Miami so much. Yeah, it's perfect. I've grown to appreciate... Gertie I think it's tough for her because since she is a genuinely extremely successful wedding designer planner Mm -hmm. coordinator producer she hasn't been available for filming and I think if there was a way to ensure however possible like with the you know bridal parties and whomever is signing contracts that she you know can maybe delegate some of this I think she would really be even more of of her as being not around I think there have been moments where she hasn't been around for like yeah. big stuff. Really? Yeah. I guess I don't. I I don't think of that because she's on every vacation. There's been moments. Yeah. I, no, I believe you. It's just yeah. I don't think of her. Well, that's a credit to her. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's I, perfectly cast. Perfect. I, I think and it's a huge, perfectly cast. Eighteen cast members. God bless. Yeah, Love no, everyone. I, I think that it's it's really good. I also think Kiki might be the best friend of of all time. Like, she comes in and is hilarious every single time. She always delivers. That episode that ended with um, Adriana, like, almost, quote-unquote, losing her foot, that episode was one of the best Housewives episodes in the past five years. 
I honestly thought I don't disagree. And I actually thought the reunion, I I cannot get, we will never get this moment back in our life this season of Miami. So we, we all need to like fucking appreciate it. Yeah. And I genuinely thought the first part of the reunion, I was like, this is one of the best reunion episodes I've seen. And I can't tell you how long I was like, is this one of my favorites of all time? I, I, I cannot process it except to say that like there were things that were revealed about you know, the hot tub, other fucking shit that didn't make a trailer or anything else where I literally was like, what the fuck is that? Like Alexia being in full Teresa mode at the tail end of like, it's your fault if that your husband was fucking someone else, which was giving me as she has been compared to very much Teresa being like, if you're a strong woman, you can stop sexual harassment from ever taking place, which is fucking ridiculous like i was just getting some parallels here but i and i genuinely die for alexia especially no, when i disagree the with star her of she's, the show. she's such a superstar and if you had told me during the first iteration of miami that alexia that alexia yeah. would be like the center mojito or whatever the fuck they're holding yeah. i would be like which a new alexia yeah i, I just can't well it's two, um alexia astrid i just yeah. can't believe it i just two, can't two things can't which is it. that so if Teresa is an Oreo cookie, Alexia is the is the vanilla Oreo cookie. And I <laughs> li- literally, literally, I am <laughs> obsessed with the parallel. Yep. And to know that they're actually really good friends is yes. uh, both something I want to be a fly on the wall for and never. But like oh that, those conversations are probably crazy because you know they truly get down about how like, yes, we are stars. Yeah. And they, they don't get it and they'll never get it. Like yeah. and we get it. But that's just so unhinged. Yeah. Her being like turning to Lisa and saying, if you were a star, you wouldn't, if you thought you were a star, you wouldn't have Lenny, let Lenny treat you like that. That was so beyond the pale. And I just think what she doesn't understand is I think she genuinely thinks the show revolves around her. And it does in a way, but I actually think who the show revolves around when Alexia acts like that is whoever she's in opposition to because she's so crazy that like when the camera cuts to Dr. Nicole being like, what? (laughs) Like we are Dr. Nicole. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're having fun watching Alexia, but she's never going to be the true center because she's unhinged and doesn't know that. Yeah. Like, but she's so grounded in her own truth and like, engaged in her own life Mm -hmm. that's what makes her an iconic housewife and that's what makes this cast so good is because you have the chaos agents who are so fun to watch and so larger than life and the people who are entertaining in their own right yes Mm -hmm. and they do things like the credit card like the american the amex platinum being plopped in the lab but who are also like really grounded and compelling and we can sit for that scene with dr nicole and her father and have like an emotional connection to her you know what i mean like it's it's on every level really working really working we need to appreciate this moment because i don't know you know knock on mirrored table maybe we'll have it again with another show i don't i don't I don't know that that will happen. I don't know that Orange County is going to be bringing us. I have hopes. You do? I have high hopes for Orange County because I'm a Tamara fan. Yeah. And like. She called during the Watch What Happens and you couldn't think of her name. Well, because you know what? You want to know what? I haven't yet. um, 
like of course of course I know her as a Orange County yeah, Housewife, yeah. but the past I only started watching OC a couple years ago oh. and she hasn't been on it. Yeah. So that she just wasn't top of mind for me as an OC Housewife. As because, a current one too. Right, because I haven't seen her literally right experienced her on the cast right. yet. But I have gone and walked back and watched old episodes and like I get the power of Tamara. Yeah. But I've not like marinated in a season where Tamara Judge is an active OC Housewife. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So that's why she wasn't top of mind. She is, for me, my favorite OC housewife. And I'm excited she's going to come back because I can't wait to watch her and Heather Dubrow go <gasps> oh at God. it. Oh, like, God. It's going to be so good. Do you want to know why? It's because they're both really smart and convinced of themselves. Yes. But And I also don't think they have hatred for each other. I think they think of it as, like, worthy. You know what I mean? I think that they've probably developed hatred for each other at this point. I really do. Because Tamara goes very, very far. And sometimes that's deserved. And Dubrow, I think, thinks she's better than that, than behaving Well, in that's that her way. character game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Heather Dubrow, I'm better than this. Yeah. But, and, and like being so convinced of that. Mm-hmm. And also that's always going to chap someone like Tamara's ass. Because Tamara is literally, you're not better than me in a person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So that's like a perfect oil and water situation. And then the rest of them filling it out, like, I'm just really excited and interested to see how it happens. It could be genuinely a strong season. I really strongly doubt that it would be in a Miami level but nothing could that's why we love it so much because we can we can respect the excellence but i do have to say as someone who hashtag stands for shan my queen my spiritual housewife my number one shannon storms bador my former fish son may he may his memory be a blessing archie bador who i introduced to her over zoom one of the best moments of my life um and she loved it as of course she should but uh i'm just nervous for how they'll use her in their custody battle like i'm i'm concerned that she's going to be stuck in the middle i'm also concerned that they're both going to come for her at least at the start and you know i just i shan doesn't deal well under pressure and i think she gets nervous and i'm just i'm hopeful i think we're gonna see two amigos yeah yeah and also and also occasionally a third amigo (laughs) can't forget her because she filmed as a friend, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also Taylor's there, which is unrelated. Love but. that. I mean, excited to see. I feel like uh, spiritually I see Taylor kind of being more of a Dubrow. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. I just think that that's going to be the way the chips fall. I'm, ex- I'm interested to see what happens with Gina. Who might be a friend of. Yeah, I and heard And Taylor this. might be holding a fucking orange yeah. thing. Yeah. Is that true? I have no idea. So is that the rumor, though, is that Taylor over-delivered? And that's the rumor, right? Is that yeah, Gina but there, was... Yeah, there are, of course, so many... Like, there's a rumor that Robin definitely got demoted. And, like, who knows? Who knows with this stuff? Yeah. But, yeah, there is a rumor that Gina got demoted and... Taylor took the orange. Yeah, which is sort of similar to what happened in New Jersey, apparently. With Jackie. With, yeah, and then somebody else who was maybe envisioned as a friend of became full-time. Do you miss Jackie being full-time? I, um, I really respect and appreciate Jackie and I'm glad to see her there for group dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but no. yeah. And it's, you know, I, I think that <laughs> watching you dance right now, <laughs> flying around the clothes, doing a waltz. It's so I'm funny. Mid- also, the way that you can like tell on my face how I feel, it's hard yeah, for me to Yeah, you've stopped making eye contact with me entirely. 
I would say she seems happy about her role. So I'm happy for I her. I don't think she's happy about her role, no. And She I, says she is. I take her at her word. Um, I take her at her behavior, which is that you can tell in some of these scenes, in some of these moments that she feels competitive with I think the new housewives because she understands the a little bit of the challenge that's taking place yeah and I feel for her in that and I but I also am just like I'm really really okay with where the New Jersey cast is and if it was choosing between Jackie and like Danielle for example we have a star on our hands we do have a star and even with Rachel Fuda I'm like She's giving me what I need. Yeah, she's good. She couldn't be if she it was two Danielles, it would be two one Danielle too many. Yeah, no. You know what I'm saying? It's hundred percent like true. We have that tr- that that chaos that is Danielle. Yes. And also, here's what I'll say. I buy every minute of it. Yeah. I buy every minute of it. That's like an authentic Jersey girl. That Barbie Staten party Island. for her daughter. Yeah, Staten Jersey, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. like that that Barbie party is so the party that a woman like that with money throws. I really like her husband. Her daughter yes. is hilarious. I love her daughter. I love New Jersey has great kids. Honestly, they do. But because you want to know why? Because they have so much personality. Yeah. Because and that's really how kids of that culture and that area like are like they mm-hmm. do mouth off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, as I say off. Because <laughs> I, I literally I watched uh, the most recent episode of Jersey this morning and then. I was on the phone with my mother and like my accent was back. Oh my God. It, because that show just takes it all the way. I mean, even I like, that. you know, after Watch What Happens Live, like I got a DM from Dolores. Oh. When she was like, we love you. You're so good. Like we love watching you um, on Watch What Happens Live. And I just responded. I was like, Dolores, you're one of my all time favorites. Every time I watch you, I, I, I t- it takes me all the way home to Long Island. Oh my God. She reminds me of all my mom's friends when I was growing up. Like, like. With Jersey, I just really respond to the authenticity. And yes. I think that's one thing you can say about Jersey is those are all really authentic people. Yeah. I, and, and I understand that people don't feel that way about everyone on that show. But I'm telling you my perspective of someone who's from that area. I recognize all of those people. I honestly feel, yeah, I, I really think that they are all authentic. I think, I think people that question the, the Melissa Jen and stuff, Joe of it all. Well, and the Jen stuff is... Well, then it's like, is it authentic to this person versus are they authentic, People. done and done? Right. And Jen Eden, you could argue, as Melissa has said certainly several times recently, that Jen Eden is putting on a performance and is truly not the same person when she's on camera versus off versus any critique about Melissa that you can make is like, I don't know that you can necessarily argue that she's, well, certainly you can, and I'm sure people do, but that she's inauthentic you might feel like she's inauthentic in this circumstance right. but i don't think she reads she doesn't read to me as an inauthentic person yeah well there's such overall versus jen who like yeah. literally feels to the cast members i have to take them at their word on that that she's truly an, a different person i guess camera. like there's litigation about like melissa still about the way she got on the show and the way she tried to get on the show and it's like so exhausting and tiring and if she wasn't a family member of Teresa's, we wouldn't even have that because so many of these housewives are thirsty and have been to be on the shows she gets like so unfairly dragged for like daring to want to be on the show and like quote unquote capitalizing on the fact that Teresa was a cast member it's like that franchise has always been about family and like they saw an extension of that and an opportunity from that from a willing player yeah and then they capitalized on it it's it's just I think ridiculous to litigate that so that's where I think the question of her authenticity comes in is like is she in it for the quote-unquote you know to use a reality show term right reasons which is like 
none of them are in it for like morally like <laughs> like uncorruptible incorruptible reasons you know what i mean like they're all wanting to be on a reality show Conversely, if Teresa organically, genuinely feels like she can't get over that because she feels like she was betrayed in the manner that Joe and Melissa joined the show, and if fans in many ways, especially specific to like Team Tree, Team Veliss, Team Melissa, truly do find passion in what that housewife is focused on and feels is their inciting incident like they're going to be passionate about that because they know that for Teresa based on the number of times that she has brought it up that this is something that she wants to feel can be acknowledged by the people she's pissed at and it hasn't you know what I'm saying but that can't be her sticking point and she's able to move on from everything else you know what I mean she's not able to move on from everything well she presents as namaste well but we know that that's part of the shtick. Right. But I think that's why Joe is so upset. And it's just like, okay, so. I don't think that's why Joe is upset. I, think I don't think it has anything to do It's a hypocrisy. It's about hypocrisy, right? It's about like, we can move on, like you can move on, et cetera. And then on every blue moon, bring up this like thing about how we got on the show. And yet now we have to engage in this conflict. And it's a thing I have to be reminded of. But like, you're not going to engage with me about the many things that I'm upset about, about the way you've treated my wife, like like the, the the ways that you constantly like give us ultimatums and disrespect us and like, you know, have cut us off from your daughters and have poisoned your daughters against us. Like that's not a conversation that we can have because you're because like you're above it. But the stupid thing that you're still upset about for years, like still gets brought up and thrown in our face like. It's just her her way or the highway in a way that I get why they're pissed off about and feeling like resentful of like a phone call that says, do you want to make peace? It's like, do you want to make peace? If I say yes, are you going to bring up how we got on the show in six months? Conversely, and I literally cannot, we are in the upside down. This is the upside down right now. But conversely, Teresa- You're doing made, devil's advocate. Yeah. I mean- Love when someone advocates for God, the devil. Welcome to the clubhouse. Go off. <laughs> conversely for Teresa she might feel like okay well you're saying you want to move on and maybe that's because you don't want to say go fuck yourself but then you keep fucking with me and again you could argue well Joe feels the same it's they're siblings they're very similar it's why they can't move on from this I think that like something that gets lost is like we're all acknowledging that they're family and that that should be a reason to make it work like Tons of people don't talk to their sisters and brothers. It is like a reason why you can't make it work that you are siblings because you are dyed in the wool. Like in in your DNA, you feel a certain way and there's an anger and frustration at that other person that is really hard to get over. Like if you don't have an easy relationship with your brother and sister, conflict and resolution is not just like, oh yeah, for sure. You know, like it's it's, they will never come back from it. Because they are who they are. And also, welcome to the Miami reunion. That's the argument. Alexia and Larsa were like, he's your dad. You got to respect him. If he's a piece of shit, no problem. Oh, I hated that. Versus Dr. Nicole, who was like, okay, cool. But when you say that, it makes me feel like the experiences that I had, the harm that was done to me, the damage that I had to work through as a young child through now, you're invalidating all of that. And you're also saying that boundaries can't exist when it includes a toxic parent. Larsa is so threatened by and feels so small around Dr. Nicole and that to me is one of the most obvious things is like Larsa feels unserious and 
around Dr. Nicole. And that's why she tries to get at her in these little ways because there's really no reason why they can't just be friends and move on. But, Mm. like, Larsa's ego does not allow her to thrive in an environment where someone like Dr. Nicole, who's, like, legit so rich, an actual medical professional, Mm. looks like that, has a marriage now starting and getting even stronger. You know, like, it's... Larsa... I really enjoy her, but to me, it's very clear she's so threatened by Dr. Nicole. And for her to be like, just get over it. Ugh, you're so, like, you can't get over it. Like, and Dr. Nicole is taking the bait where she's like, she's dumb. She's dumb. Mm. Because that ultimately is exactly what Larsa feels like around Dr. Nicole. And Dr. Nicole is now so frustrated that she's just going to say the thing, which is, yeah, I do think that you're dumb and I do think that I'm better than you. And that conflict is going to move forward from there. Like, that is a superiority competition that, you know, Dr. Nicole is not willing to play ball actually with OnlyFans foot model Larsa Pippen. And also... And Kardashian ex-friend. <laughs> and also, Larsa being like, your dad fucking... Your dad, who's essentially 70, fucking a 20-something isn't weird because I know that we're about She's, to talk about Michael Jordan's son. Exactly. Which is like so funny to me the way she immediately heard the word age and was like it doesn't matter yeah, it yeah. never matters it's so generational differences never matter a 90 year old fucking a 23 year old is perfectly fine because i know what's about to come with my quote-unquote friend like, first of all ridiculous there is something Hilarious. i'm, I'm, I'm sorry Hilarious. but there is something deeply wrong with a 70 year old and a 29 year old i'm sorry there is something well, deeply wrong with it it means that the 29 year old has been through something that needs to be examined mm-hmm. so they can love themselves enough to not have that situation or it's a here for the wrong reasons reality show again trope and the 70 year old has a lot to examine clearly especially in the case of dr nicole's father about why he's dating someone 29 that is it is wrong it is going to traumatize the younger person and i hope everyone is mentally healthy in that situation (laughs) we wish them the best wish them the best in in the iconic words of meredith marks get well soon oh my god Listen, you need to come back ASAP. I you really know I'm always like, down to come back. You know I'm obsessed You know I always you. come back. You always do. <laughs> I drive back. Oh my God, you know I truly am though. I love coming here. This is such a fun show because we don't even, here's the thing about you that I love okay. is that you're not even, it's not, it's not a yuck, yuck, yuck fest. Like we get clinical about this shit. Yeah. We're like really getting to the root and talking character motivation <laughs> whereas like some of these podcasts like i love watching a pith I, I love listening to something pithy and cute mm. but you are giving sarah galley md uh, thank you and uh, i mean much like dr nicole it's a quick degree dr for me. sarah I, this is what i love i i love it and i also it's like i i appreciate that and thank you so well, much that's what i like about housewives is that Yes, it's fun and funny and stupid, but also, like, what I really appreciate about it is the social experiment of it all. Like, me as someone who, like, is fascinated by people's emotions and behaviors, like, I that's why I love this show, especially when you add on to the the idea that they are no that they know they are presenting a certain way. Like, presentation versus reality is so fascinating to me. Totally. And I also think, like, 
there's value here. We don't need to, I hate when people call it my triggers, when people call it a fucking guilty pleasure. I'm like, you mm-hmm. don't have to feel guilt for watching, God forbid, women-led narrative storytelling that yeah. exists in the reality television field. There's still yeah. a lot of fun and enjoyment and potentially disconnection and triggers and conversation that can exist that can be deep and meaningful potentially and valuable we can find that from housewives i i strongly disagree with anybody who brings to the table you should feel ashamed you should feel lesser than or you are i am judging who you are based on what you love i think you look at what someone loves and how they discuss it and how they connect with it and i think that brings up a wealth of opportunity yeah i mean well superiority and elitism is the most unattractive quality Mm. because it says that you think other people are worse than you which is you know a slippery slope yeah um but like i'm not sitting here being like i think it's um like when you're watching baseball every single day, there's 162 games a year. Those games are like two, sometimes three hours out of your day. Like I'm not sitting here. You're not calling it a guilty pleasure and yeah. I'm not judging you for it. Right. Not to be like Larsa being like, you know, you're this, 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 but I didn't judge you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I understand that. Oh that is Hashtag what I said. Lock. Oh my God. Like, but, but you know, wait, wait. I think it's a patriarchal society, right? It's of like, course. we don't judge. We don't, we would never, it would be weird to say like, yeah, I watch sports. It's my guilty pleasure. Like no one would ever say that, no. but it takes up as much time in real estate as watching something like this does. And even watching every single franchise does or coming here to talk about it does. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just an interest. And ours is based in, because it's based in a Taste. feminine mm-hmm. or, you know, more emotional landscape people are like oh that's like indulgent and stupid and frivolous whereas like when we allow a society to feel like it's normal to invest in the physical sometimes even extremely harmful in a physical way something like football Mm. like we don't call it a guilty pleasure no like it's it's not anyone's guilty pleasure to watch people get concussions until they're mush. It's no one's guilty pleasure, but should you feel a little guilty about it? Probably part two of a discussion that we're not going to have. <laughs> because I truly don't And know I think I'm like literally it. preaching to, I'm going to say a, a, a uh, audience that is a choir, but mm-hmm. like it's interesting, the guilty pleasure terminology. And I'll also shout out to all the people who watch whatever sports stuff is on TV. During shout the out. And also housewives. Those people exist. Yeah. I mean, but it's interesting. Like, it's just interesting the way that it get, interests get talked about. Yeah, and criticized. And criticized, yeah. yeah. Well, listen, I have no critique about how obsessed I am with you. No notes for me, for you either. God bless. God bless. Where can the people follow you? Tell them about, I, LOL, tell them about Las Culturistas. LOL. Las, Las Culturistas <laughs> continues. Great, great. It goes on. Love. It is every Wednesday. We have our episodes released. Mm. Bowen Yang and myself Mm-mm. host a podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Las Culturistas to find out more. Um, I'm on Instagram at Matt Rogers though. And all the you were kind to plug all my projects earlier, and I would just also say that it doesn't have to be Christmas for you to stream. Matt Rogers, <gasps> oh have you God. heard of Christmas? It wasn't in my fucking thing. No, I'm, it's totally fine. But you were so kind and came to my show. Yes, I went to the taping. You I went to the taping. Cried multiple times. That was uh, a big day, and the special is out. And uh, yeah, you can watch it because it's not get this actually Christmas. 
uh like it's it's not you don't have to be in the season to enjoy it it's actually evergreen also as a jew i was like yes give me more tree like santa please i loved it and i thought it was a tour de force that was absolutely deserved thank you and you are a renaissance man and i think it's helpful and important for people to see that as many times as humanly possible and when i tell you i saved this i could actually cry thinking about this i had a bad day yeah you told me yeah the day of the taping and i was like but i'm still gonna go and because i want to go and i know i will feel better as a result and i absolutely did and then i waited to watch the episode i was like i want to wait until a moment where i need this oh my god you really are upset i really am because well you know the details which we're not gonna get into but i just like the appreciate well, I think I'm PMSing too. I think I'm getting oh, a period tomorrow. That's so, okay, sweetie. So yeah. No, please. But I feel like we people go through things and they experience things that can be really dark and really traumatic. And like the way that gifts are given to us that mm. help us at various times, I really, really adore you and I respect you so much. And you're special. I watched, I don't even remember how long after it came out, but I like set my candles, darkened the lights, and I was so happy. It brought me so much joy. I literally, it was my television EpiPen and it really was so lovely. And I can't believe I just cried about Christmas. No, there's nothing less Jewish than that. (laughs) But also maybe it's very Jewish. I was going to (laughs) say, this is a Christmas special that's perfect for Jewish people. Truly. Because it, equal parts drags and celebrates Christmas. It's very inclusive. It's actually about it's, that idea. It's, it's very a, inclusive. It's about the idea of the commercialization and um, let's just say wall-to-wall mm. uh, capitalist nightmare that is Christmas and how that gets capitalized on and do we really know why we're doing it or are we just participating in it for craven reasons? And I'm really proud of it and the fact that you enjoyed it so much is you know, that's everything to me. That's why I would do it. You know what I, I mean? I want to die right now. I cannot Don't be dying. believe that What's I your just astrological cried. sign? I'm Aries. There's no Aries. excuse for this. Yeah. Well, I'm very self-focused, maybe? You're, I mean, like, I, I think the fact that you're able to, like... Feel things? Yeah, feel things is, hey, good. Yeah. And be also, like, very refreshing. And I would imagine that, and I, sometimes I sometimes also feel like I have, like, a like an emotional hangover when I'm so honest on the podcast. And yeah. I've paid for it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there have been times where people have reached out to me and they said, you know, because I'm also going through a little bit of a hard time, too, and I have to manage what I say because there's other people involved. And, um... But I will say it's always very gratifying when people Mm. reach back out and they say, thank you for saying X, Y, Z or being real about this or like not pretending you're not feeling an emotion and Mm. actually giving into that emotion. Because I do think it's what connects us to people that listen to us every week. And it's important. Yeah. You know what I mean? Obviously have boundaries and don't share everything. Right. But to hear a human voice do what yours just did, you know, that helps people because they feel less alone. Mm. And so... And also, we're not afraid of emotions like we just said. Right. Because we actually are interested in and appreciative of people who put theirs on display. You know what I mean? And so, not to quote Melissa Gorga. I'm just like each and every day, every day, every day. But I would say that that's something that I wanted to get across in the special too. Like, while I make jokes about emotion, there is there are displays of emotion. It's not like other comedy specials. Mm-hmm. Not like other girls, hashtag. <laughs> um, but, you know, I just think that don't feel 
embarrassed and don't Thank feel don't feel on edge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're me, like they've also heard me cry before. It's kind of a monthly tradition. Oh, good. Maybe it's like well, every four uh, days just earlier. like PMSing. <laughs> <laughs> Ideally, um, and uh, I, yeah, and you know, I just yeah is the yeah and stuff and whatnot and words work is really how I feel, guys. Um, join the Andy's Girls Patreon, and I can buy myself some fucking Kleenex. Patreon.com slash Andy's Girls. I do promise you that if anything important or drastic happens in my life, I will absolutely be putting it behind a paywall because I am that bitch. So I know for you to give them this, like not even behind this the paywall. This is free. Yeah, this was free. Imagine the tears that happen on Patreon. Actually, Larsa have- Pippen would never do this with her feet. <laughs> She only wishes my 40.5 Manolo collection mm. screaming currently. Um, what was it? Instagram at Dame Galley. I don't know. Matt Rogers, a journey, a blessing, a thrill. Can't wait to have you come back ASAP. The in the, personal. In the words of Chanel Ion, period, dot. <laughs> my own little mazel of the day. On that note, guys, hope you're doing okay. Okay, stop crying and listen to this up again. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.